Heart of Great Perfect Wisdom Sutra Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva when deeply practicing Prajna Paramita clearly saw that all five aggregates are empty and thus relieved all suffering. Shariputra form does not differ from emptiness. Emptiness does not differ from form. Form itself is emptiness. Emptiness itself form. Sensations, perceptions, formations, and consciousness are also like this. Shariputra, all dharmas are marked by emptiness. They neither arise nor cease, are neither defiled nor pure, neither increase nor decrease. Therefore, given emptiness, there is no form, no sensation, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eyes, no ears, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no sight, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no object of mind, no realm of sight, no realm of mind consciousness. There is neither ignorance nor extinction of ignorance, neither old age and death nor extinction of old age and death. No suffering, no cause, no cessation, no path, no knowledge, and no attainment. With nothing to attain, a bodhisattva relies on prajna, paramita, and thus the mind is without hindrance. Without hindrance, there is no fear. Far beyond all inverted views, one realizes nirvana. All Buddhas of past, present, and future rely on prajna, paramita, and thereby attain unsurpassed, complete, perfect enlightenment. Therefore know the prajna paramita as the great miraculous mantra, the great bright mantra, the supreme mantra, the incomparable mantra, which removes all suffering and is true, not false. Therefore, we proclaim the Prajna Paramita mantra, the mantra that says, Gate, Gate, Para, Gate, Parasam, Gate, Bodhisvaha. So, it is a challenge and also uh, really a privilege to talk about the Heart Sutra. Um, The article that I sent to you, the Heart Sutra will change you forever, says that it looks like it's crazy when you first look at it. It doesn't make any sense at all. And maybe after 100,000 million kalpas, it doesn't seem like it makes any sense to you. But it is the most revered, the most practiced, chanted, embodied sutra in all of Buddhism, at least in all of Mahayana Buddhism. And I think especially uh, to call out that it is practiced every day 
in many Buddhist centers. You know that it's part of the Soto Zen daily routine. I think it's also part of the Vajrayana uh, services. And the part of it that is so crazy and wonderful is that it actually is in its compactness, its economy, the whole of the Mahayana teachings. Quite simple. It's about what teaches us to be free from fear and wrong perceptions and suffering. I'll say it again, just in its briefness, its succinctness, it says to us over and over again, that emptiness is not about vacancy or a negative word. It's suffered a lot coming into the English language that way. As you'll see in one of our books, Kaz Tanahashi changed the word from emptiness to boundlessness, which changes things quite a bit. But even if you don't change it, and you ask, empty of what? The whole message, empty of self, empty of aloneness, separateness, empty of burden, boundary. So this sutra is boundaryless. It includes everyone and everything. And it asks us to do that in our practice. Exclude nothing. The moment we fall into duality, the moment we start to make a distinction between ourselves and others, there's suffering. I found myself yesterday watching the remembrance of January 6th last year. Finding it difficult as I watched to know that I was not separate from that. That the people who were there, that the action that took place includes everything. But instead of starting with that as the 500 pound weight to pick up. I think we'll start smaller. And we'll start with more information about the sutra. There's so much history in it. There's so much about the change that occurred in what's called the second turning of the Dharma wheel. The Prajnaparamita wisdom beyond wisdom teachings, 
the change from Buddha's earliest teachings, which emphasized a more individual kind of attainment to transcend, transcend this being human, to the second turning, which is known as the teachings he felt human beings needed time to approach and get themselves open to. And those are the teachings of the bodhisattvas of people saving all beings of not just saving yourself, but saving everyone else before yourself. So if you go to the very end of the sutra, and I'm going to put it up again here. You see that mantra uh, at the end. Prajnaparamita mantra as the great miraculous mantra, the great bright mantra, the supreme mantra, the incomparable mantra, which removes all suffering and is true, not false. The way Thich Nhat Hanh translates that is gone, gone, gone all the way over, everyone gone to the other shore, enlightenment. It's not gone, gone, all the way over. I've made it to the other shore. No, it's everyone gone to the other shore. There's a beautiful calligraphy by Ting Nhat Hanh that you can see online. I did not look at it for today, but maybe we'll find it. It's called, I Have Arrived, I Am Home. Thich taught a lot about arriving home, and he used the Heart Sutra as his tiller in his boat. So as I share this, I want people to take a look at the words, because in the article that I sent, the Heart Sutra will change you forever. The author, whose name is hard to pronounce, Carl Brunholzl, is actually quite a uh, well-known translator, says that the secret, even though it seems crazy, the secret is to make it personal. So as you look at these words, I want to ask you to pick out a word that catches your attention, that wakes you up. Maybe it's a phrase, not just one word, but don't make it too long. A word that you can bring close to your heart.
assured that you will turn over and over. To bring you some sort of insight. So as I say, I'm going to make a more informational talk today. Take this word, and I'm going to stop the share. We can come back to it later. And I want to tell you a little bit more about the sutra. It's fewer than 250. And it is considered to present the essence of Mahayana Buddhism, distilled down from the longer texts, some of which are 20,000 lines long. This is the heart of the Buddha's teaching. But it's written, it seems, in this short way in sort of a code. Buddhist terminology throughout makes it seem out of reach, maybe, at first. Makes it seem too technical. And it might seem that it focuses on negation, talking about no, 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 no all the time. But that's really the opposite of what it's talking about in terms of it including everything but not to get lost in the separation of thinking that I have eyes and you have eyes that I am separate, you are separate no the chant over and over re- imagines that there's no such thing as no. So as I say, it's challenging and humbling to give a talk about this. I have not ever taught this before, so I hope you will understand that there are so many other great teachings about this at your disposal and convenience. But I'll do my best here. So, we have two texts we're going to use. One is Kaz Tanahashi's The Heart Sutra, and the other is Red Pine's The Heart Sutra, The Womb of the Buddhas. And they are both really excellent texts. Kaz, as I say, you know, he's, he's someone who is um, very very uh, smart and and um, subtle in his translations. And the boundless word has rippled through Buddhist circles as quite a big change. Um, we may not appreciate that when somebody changes a word like that, but 
does seem to open it up a bit more. Considering that it was composed about 400 years after the death of Shakyamuni Buddha, there's lots to question. But what it does convey, as I'm saying, and that everything you ever read about it says, is that it is the essence. It is the perfection of Buddha's teachings. The teaching that leads us to liberation, enlightenment, and the liberation, again, is the liberation from believing we are separate. So there are terms in this, for example, Mahayana. Maha means great. Yana means vehicle. So this is the great vehicle to bring the Dharma to us, to bring liberation to us. And it strongly emphasizes the ideal of the Bodhisattva. And we know because we have studied bodhisattvas, and we will study again bodhisattvas, that this is a huge shift that bodhisattvas are perhaps our ideal. Now, in this time in America, we can look at people who are living bodhisattvas. They may be people in our family. They may be people in our neighborhood. They are people we know who think of others or in service on the planet. One of the people I can think of who I bring up often, um, you may not agree, but for me, Greta Thunberg is a bodhisattva, a young, vibrant, committed bodhisattva who is not just fighting for her future, she's fighting for others' future as well. I'm sure you can think of others in the usual uh, sort of pantheon uh, has included Desmond Tutu, who just departed. Martin Luther King. We have those kinds of public bodhisattvas, but we also know that we're connected to people who are so thoughtful, so giving, so loving. In one of the conversations that I had this week with a friend whose husband has very bad cancer, she had a friend who came to visit after her husband's surgery and stayed with them for almost three weeks and did things for her and him which you could just see the relief on my friend's face over Zoom. She said, she's cleaning out the closets. 
She cleaned out the garage. She's rearranged all the Tupperware. She's brought in firewood. It was just wonderful to see that kind of response when someone was really giving and the person was able to receive. So from this sutra, we can receive what Kaz calls in in the beginning of our book, the the, um, quote that I sent out on, on the email. He says that we can receive the blessing of Avalokiteshvara, who, as we know, as the Bodhisattva who personifies loving kindness, is really our patron Bodhisattva, heart of compassion. It's important, Kaz says, that Avalokiteshvara as the Bodhisattva is described in the first line as the one who moves through the deep course of realizing wisdom beyond wisdom. So it's this Bodhisattva bringing the Buddha's teaching to Shariputra. And Shariputra is one of the Buddha's close disciples. Known to be really the the disciple with the keenest mind, the one who had the great depth to begin with. And Shariputra is open and listening to the great Bodhisattva telling him that wisdom beyond wisdom is not separate from loving kindness. And if we practice loving kindness, it is said, then we become free of suffering. And the suffering, which is included in the the Sanskrit word dukkha, is physical pain or loss of some kind, Um, perhaps it's disease or injury, but it might also be violence, social injustice, disorder, isolation, the suffering of self-criticism. So we look at this sutra and we realize that by practicing loving kindness, by being the people we want to be and are, though it's sometimes masked and not as accessible unless we practice, that is really what we're doing here. We're freeing ourselves and all beings from anguish. And we're just reciting and practicing a principle of freedom. 
So I'm going to stop for a moment and I'm going to put the chant back up on the, on the screen. I'm going to ask you again to look for your word. What is the word that for you maybe suggests freedom or liberation? Cluster of words. I wanted to read one more excerpt here from Norman. The Heart Sutra cuts through, deconstructs, and demolishes all our usual conceptual frameworks. All our rigid ideas, all our belief systems, all our reference points, including any with regard to our spiritual path. So perhaps this is called crazy wisdom by some people, but it's really an attempt to have us feel the freedom when our minds are not grasping at anything. So the liberation of these words, if one recites them over and over again, there is some uh, perhaps folklore, but perhaps also real experience of people being able to feel that freedom. There's a kind of magicness to it. Uh, they're called Duranis, and we'll talk some more about that in the weeks to come. Duranis are chants, prayers, uh, ways of uh, invoking the sacred in our lives. And I encourage you to, on your daily walk, in your chores, whatever you're doing, just recite the Heart Sutra. See how it feels. might feel crazy, but it also might take your mind off yourself. It might give you some chance to go back and revisit this word, this phrase that has just piqued your attention today. So I'll stop there and I'll just say, please help share with each other. What was your word? What was your phrase to liberate not just you, but everyone here? 